You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. Good morning. Great to be with you today. Thank you to Greg and the team here um, who've invited me. I love doing this. I love being with young people. I love hearing what's on your heart and on your mind, and I, I just love this exchange. It keeps me young. So when you hear someone with a long bio, you know what that means, right? You mean they've been around a while. So uh, I love doing this. Um, happy Valentine's Day. It's a great day for Valentine's Day. But Valentine's Day is really important to me because it's my son's birthday. And he turns 40 today. Can you put his picture up? I put this on Facebook. And he said, Mom, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I'm old. I don't know anything about technology, and I don't know anything about Facebook. He says, you've got to take that thing down. People that work for me, and they're looking at me, and they're seeing my baby picture uh, that you tagged me in. I said, tag? What does that mean, Virgil? I don't know what that means. You know, <laughs> I'm old, and I'm senile, and I, I don't know how to do all this stuff. Uh, but he turns 40 today. And, you know, if there's something that I don't quite get right, what you can say is, you know, she's kind of old, maybe a little bit senile, and she just didn't get it right. So um, Virgil would die if he knew I was across the street today. He lives in Lexington, and um, he's a dad of, wonderful dad and father and husband of three, my three beautiful granddaughters. Well, so it's Valentine's Day, it's Virgil's birthday, And it's also Black History Month. All right. Get a whole month in February, no less. And uh, I'm excited about that. And so I was like, okay, Lord, what are we going to talk about when we have all this material to go through? And I want to share with you today uh, from the book of Acts and really talk about extraordinary work through ordinary people. Another way to say that is God's divine work through ordinary people. I love that God just uses ordinary people to do what he's going to do. And I want to explore that with you a little bit this morning as we look at this text. I don't know about you, but even now when I think about Black History Month, I think about these giants. These are all people that we know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., um, Rosa Parks, George Washington Carver, And lately I've been doing a lot of uh, reading and research on Harriet Tubman. You know, I spent a little bit of time in uh, Delaware. And so, yeah, whoop, whoop, hey, shout out to Delaware. And, um, of course, this is where she crosses over uh, into Philadelphia for her freedom. I don't know if you've had a chance to see the movie Harriet. I know, I, I really was hoping that'd be a big shout out. But if you hadn't, I'd I'd encourage you to see it. I think you'll love it. But anyway, I think these people are kind of just larger than life. And as I was preparing today, it occurred to me that Rosa Parks didn't get up one morning and say, you know, I want to go down in the history books 
I'm going to keep my seat when they tell me to get up. She didn't do that. She's just an ordinary woman who wanted to do something extraordinary for people. Uh, Rosa Parks was a seamstress at a department store um, when she, was, she decided she was tired of unjust circumstances and laws. I mean, Harriet Tubman was a slave. There, there's a line in the movie where she says, I'd, re- I'd rather die than not be free. Uh, she was just an ordinary person. Well, the point of the story is to illustrate that all of us have opportunities to do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. And that's what we see in our text today. Um, God doing this extraordinary miracle through Peter and John. And I don't know about you, but when I think about Peter and John, I don't think of them as particularly ordinary. But when we think, when we really start to pull this back, they are, in fact, ordinary people. And you've heard the text, and I want to draw your attention to this story because we, the worship team led us, and oh, how he loves us, how he loves us so. And in our text today, we see that love story. We see Peter and James were on their way to a prayer meeting at the temple. And while they were on their way there, a man, a beggar, who was crippled all of his life, was sitting outside the temple. Now, this crippled man went to the temple every day to beg. Now, he probably sat at the temple because he thought generous people are going in and they may give me some money. So he probably thought sitting outside this gate was a good place to sit. And as Peter and John enter, he asked them for money. Now, in my mind, this is where the story gets really good. So I want you to use your imagination with me this morning. So the guy asks for money, and Peter looks at him straight in the eye and says, Look at us. And of course, the man looks that way, hoping to get some money. And if you'll let me just use a little modern language, a little vernacular, Peter says, You know, I don't have a nickel to my name. Can you imagine that beggar's disappointment when Peter says something like that? And uh, he says, I don't have money, but I'm going to give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he grabs him by the right hand and he pulls him up and instantly his ankles and feet become firm and he jumps to his feet and he begins to walk. Can you imagine that? The beggar asks for money and because of the love of God, God gives him what he needs through Peter. He gives him a complete healing. That's the love of God. He gives him the use of his legs. So he goes with Peter and John into the temple courts. He's walking and leaping and praising God. Now, wouldn't you love to go to church on Sunday and see that praise break? Anybody in here want to see a praise break like that, where people are walking? And y'all have been studying the Holy Spirit this year, right? Is that right? walking and leaping and praising God. That's a real praise break. This man who's crippled from birth, he's never walked, ever, shows up at the temple day by day begging. You know, beggars weren't looked on as really great people. They were the marginalized. They were looked down upon. 
of society. And what he never expected that day was that his circumstances were going to be changed. He never thought what he wanted was money. He never dreamed that he was going to walk. And you know what's interesting is all the people in the temple courts knew this guy because he showed up day by day at the same time, sitting in the same place, begging. And now they see him walking and leaping and praising God. And the Bible tells us in the text that was read today that the people were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to this man. So all the people ran toward Peter to see what's going on, what's really happening here. You know, when miracles happen, folks will come and see what's going on. When, when things start getting stirred up and start happening, everybody wants to come and see. When God shows up, people will go to church. They'll go to the meeting because they don't want to miss what God's doing. But God does these miracles, these extraordinary things, this extraordinary work through people like you, ordinary people. I love the turn in the text as Peter sees a crowd gathering and he decides to help them understand exactly how this miracle took place and share the gospel and the good news about Jesus Christ. Now, Peter knew, and I, I want you to put a pin here, Peter knew he had no business preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ at that temple. He knew that was going to get him in trouble because he knew that the Sanhedrin and all the religious order was not going to like that. But I imagine like Peter, that Peter said, hey, this crippled man's walking. What are they going to do to me? Are they going to say the man's not walking and leaping and praising God? So Peter makes a really, really bold move here when he begins to preach the gospel. And he says to the crowd, why does this miracle surprise you? Why do you look at us as if by our own power and our own piety that we made this man walk? And as Peter shared the gospel, he made sure that everyone understood that it was by faith in Jesus Christ, this crippled beggar has been made whole, giving glory to God for doing extraordinary work through ordinary people. And, you know, Peter was pretty ordinary. If you just let me take a few minutes and talk about Peter, he was a fisherman when Jesus called him to be his disciple. Peter was uneducated. Now, don't walk out of here and say, Reverend Covington says we don't have to go to school. We can still do extraordinary stuff, okay? Don't do that. You'll get me in trouble. I'll never get invited back. But Peter, in fact, as you read over in chapter 4 and 5, they make a point that he is an unschooled, these are unschooled, uneducated, ordinary people who had been with Jesus. Peter wasn't trained in the Mosaic Law. Nope. It's pretty ordinary, just like you and me. But what I love about Peter is he had, I, I imagine he had this big personality and he was kind of edgy. I love edgy people. Because edgy people are always pushing the envelope and doing something crazy. Do you guys know what I mean? 
Edgy people will push and push and push. I love that. Uh, Peter did stuff like he challenged Jesus. He asked Jesus crazy questions. He, Peter spoke out of turn. I know none of you all here do that. You never speak out of turn. He jumped out of a boat fully clothed. clothed. Now, I bet some of you all in here have done that. He cut off someone's ear with a sword, and Jesus had to put it back. Now, that's a little edgy, and I, I, hope I, don't, I, I hope I don't offend him by I was like, Peter's got a little hood in him, okay? <laughs> He's cutting off folks' ears, okay? Peter cussed. Now, I know nobody in here does that, but Peter was, was edgy, and yet Jesus is going to use him to be the leader of the new church world. Peter denied Jesus, said he didn't know him. Not once, not twice, but three times. When Jesus needed his friend to stay awake with him, he's having this moment right before the cross. Where is Peter? Asleep. And with all that boldness, once Jesus was crucified... What do we see about Peter? He was afraid. He was running. He was hiding. He was confused. Peter was always messing up. Most of the time he didn't get it. Some people may have called Peter a little thick-headed. I mean, who rebukes Jesus? Peter, pretty ordinary guy. I don't know about you, but I can identify with Peter. There have been times where I wish I had a sword, but maybe that's not the part of Peter I should identify with. (laughs) But I know what it feels like to mess up, to not always get it right. And there have been times in my life where I've been confused. I've been afraid, and I'm not sure what to do next. And there have been times where I've actually spoke out of turn. My heart's been broken into a million pieces. And that makes Peter very identifiable for me. I don't know about you, but I can identify with Peter. And so when Jesus, I want you to hear, when Jesus calls Peter, he knows that he has work for him to do. He saw potential in Peter. Peter couldn't see in himself. Peter walked with Jesus and he talked with Jesus and Peter was being formed and transformed by Jesus and he didn't even know it by living with him and watching. Peter watched Jesus heal the sick, make the blind to see, make the lame to walk, talk to unclean women, cast out demons, take a little boy's lunch and feed 5,000 people. Peter just didn't know about Jesus. He lived with Jesus. He knew Jesus in a very intimate way. So miracles were not something unusual for Peter. Peter was in the formation process. You know the VP of formation is going to talk about this, right? He was in the formation process, being with Jesus, spending time with Jesus, And let me tell you something, if you get nothing else out of this, start that formation process right now. 
That's what's going to help you do extraordinary things, being an ordinary person. That's the only way you're going to get it. Because Peter didn't realize his capacity. He didn't realize Jesus was forming him. Peter had no idea. But Jesus knew that Peter would lead the New Testament church. He says, Thou art Peter. Upon this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter was pregnant with possibilities and purpose, and he had no idea he was just an uneducated fisherman. Being around people who are not afraid to be used in extraordinary ways does form our lives. I remember growing up as a young girl in Lexington, uh, being influenced by some people who were chemists. My mother was a secretary. She worked at IBM. And I met some brown people way back in the 60s that were chemists. Now, mind you, at that young age, I had no idea what a chemist did. I probably couldn't even spell chemist. But because they influenced me, I wanted to be just like them. They were forming me. They were introducing me to something that I had no idea was possible. I mean, I lived on the wrong side of the tracks in East Lexington. We didn't see much in those days. I grew up in a segregated Lexington. I went to segregated schools. No one was watching and seeing possibilities. Not only did my mother work with them, they were a part of the church that we went to. And they started me on a journey. They interacted in my life in extremely positive ways that were showing me possibilities that I knew nothing about. Who are you hanging around with? Who's forming you? Who's shaping you? Who's molding you? Who's speaking into your life? That will start to tell you about what you'll do. I imagine Peter never dreamed that the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, would dwell in him. He didn't know the Holy Spirit was going to do a supernatural work in him on the day of Pentecost. Peter didn't know that the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit was going to lead him to do extraordinary things. A crippled beggar is going to walk. And he's going to be healed physically and spiritually. Extraordinary work through ordinary people because of the Holy Spirit. And Peter didn't think this miracle was unusual. He was surprised why other people thought it was. What would you do? if you knew that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you? What would you do? Who would you mold? Who would you form? Whose life would you speak into and expect Jesus to show up in a miraculous way? Jesus was present at that place. Jesus is always present. Can you imagine what our world would look like if we thought miracles were normative? Imagine what our witness would be. Well, 
Extraordinary work comes with the price. It costs us something. It's interesting to note that the religious leaders didn't want these guys out preaching about Jesus. They wanted to keep things the same. And so what do they do? Uh, they were so upset with them, they arrest them, and they throw them in jail. And there will always be people who want to stop the work of God, people who don't want to see other people healed and delivered and set free. But that didn't stop Peter and John, and it won't stop you. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes us bold and courageous. You know, life is full of what I call dream killers, people who will tell you that it's not so. Like I told you, I grew up in the 60s during the Civil Rights era, and I didn't realize that you just couldn't go to a movie anytime you wanted to and sit down and have a seat, watch a movie. I didn't know that you couldn't go and sit down at a lunch counter and have lunch. And I remember my oldest brother and his friends sitting at lunch counters in downtown Lexington and being arrested. And I can remember my parents having to go to the jail and get them out. And what I didn't realize at the time that I do now is that my brother and his friends were doing some extraordinary things. But he was my brother. I, I mean, he was really very ordinary. <laughs> very ordinary. But what I see now is they were interested in seeing other people heal, other people being able to walk, crippled people being able to walk and to be set free. Came at a great personal price. But they were just ordinary people doing ordinary things. Jesus makes a divine promise to us. He said, when I go, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to live with you and to live in you. We're not going to be left to figure this out for ourselves and defend for ourselves. He is the fire. He is the rushing mighty wind. So what I've walked across the street to tell you today no, Dr. Martin Luther King and Rosa Park and Harriet Tubman and George Washington Carver, they aren't superheroes. They're ordinary people who are willing to be used by God in extraordinary ways, just like you and me. Peter and John weren't superheroes either. They were ordinary people who had encountered God, been formed by Jesus, and filled with the Holy Spirit. The question I want to leave you with today, what extraordinary work does God want to do through you? Through the Holy Spirit in you? Are these just good Bible stories? Or is it something that God's calling us to do today? What crippled person, what hurt person, what broken person, what abused person is waiting for your word? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What's God calling you to do? Is he calling you to come to chapel and sit and walk out the same way you walked in? Or is he calling for us to be transformed, to be filled with the Spirit, 
Or are we willing to be obedient to the call of God, to the call of Jesus, no matter what price we're going to pay? Are we willing to do that today? Are we willing to be bold and courageous? Are we willing to go knowing that Jesus is always present? Extraordinary work through ordinary people. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you don't call us to be something you haven't made us to be. We thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit, that divine person who you've made to dwell in us, the third person of the Trinity, who calls us to look beyond and above ourselves. Lord, in this world we live in, may we be open to your miracles and your extraordinary work in us and through us in service to others. In Christ's name we pray, amen.